Um, we're going to kind of uh, bounce around because we, we did a recording yesterday um, of this, and I'm scratching myself raw because I'm getting nervous. Um, <laughs> um, but we did a recording of this yesterday, so I'm going to kind of piece the two recordings together. I realized in the recording I did yesterday, um, I just rambled uh, on and on and on about different silly stuff and didn't necessarily... Really sure consistent. Mm -hmm. The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot We're toppling the lines of the lamestream media, one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A. This is Universe B, call it, and we're gonna tear you a new one. You mind? Okay, hey everybody. I am here with old Scratch himself, and uh, we, we have a new seating arrangement here because uh, no one can sit higher than His Highness. So we also have the Christmas tree. We also have the Christmas tree. Okay. Uh, so yes, we uh, are just here to do a, a little recap of what was going on on uh, Creeping Wave Radio, if you tuned in for that. We did our first nine episode run, which has been our goal since beginning the show in, uh, I think, 2006, 2000, no, 2016, 2017 uh, was the, the first time that we actually uh, did, did the, the podcast. It's, it's come a long way since then. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's evolved into its own thing. Um, <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we, the, always the plan was to do it, uh, release the first episode on Halloween, and the last episode as close to Christmas as we could manage. And so this or year, or on Christmas, which, yeah, which we did this year, so that was pretty exciting for us. That was a, a long time goal for us. Mm -hmm. So season 3.5 recap. And it is season 3.5 because we, we had some snags in season three that uh, prevented us from being able to finish out the season the way that I wanted to. And I wanted to sort of wrap up that storyline so we could kind of go on to uh, a new storyline. So this season was season 3.5 and that's why. <laughs> And I uh, don't want to talk too much about that, but uh, we talk about the, the season itself was kind of a pivotal one. The memories that Napoleon has been searching for that were awakened when uh, he was rescued by Sugar the Sasquatch uh, in the very first season. The memories Napoleon has been seeking were finally revealed, at least in part, in this one. And uh, they're, they're not super positive memories. Mm -hmm. So, um, there, there may have been a reason why Napoleon forgot a lot of things about themselves, a lot of things about their past, uh, but things that, uh, 
that are revealed are we start to learn more about the relationship between Napoleon and Dorcas Morlock. Dorcas is voiced by Anna Zanova of Pink Eye. Uh, you can hear their music in last season, the season prior to 3.5, that's season three. Uh, so that, that was really fun to write. Uh, Dorcas Morlock's been a character that I've been sort of pushing around for a long time. Uh, my friend Robert uh, found a, a woman in a uh, yearbook from 1931, and he just, like, her name was Dorcas Electra Morlock, and he just was kind of like, wow, this is, she's really interesting. She was involved in all these clubs, and she was into music, and she was into dance, and she was into all of these things, um, and um, he just kind of, like, was fascinated by this person because she had such an unusual name, and uh, he actually found her gravesite, and he sent flowers to her gravesite. And um, she, she, of course, is no longer among us, but it kind of inspired this character who became their own thing. It's not really based off of that Dorcas Morlock, but uh, as a birthday present to him. Uh, a couple of years back, I said, you know, that character that we've been talking about, maybe doing a comic book about, maybe doing something with, I'm going to put her in the podcast. And... Uh, She's, she's going to be in there, so we're finally going to bring that to fruition. Um, so we find out about Dorcas and Napoleon's past, and why Old Scratch, your character, decided to bring Dorcas back into the mix. And uh, kind, of, kind of a nasty boy. But uh, we also find out that Old Scratch's reasons for bringing Dorcas in are, are actually kind of wholesome. Kind of just fatherly, I guess. Father trying to protect his family. Quit calling me those dirty words. <laughs> Just, um, so yeah, we, we find out that that old Scratch, as fiendish as he is, all the terrible things that he does. More like it. Fiendish, terrible. <laughs> fiendish, terrible. All the fiendish things he does um, are actually just really trying to protect his uh, little demon brood and from Napoleon, who he has to keep kind of in his grasp, but holds at arm's length because they're a dangerous person. Uh, we also find out a little bit more about uh, the relationship with Ian Morlock and Napoleon. Um, we, we actually find out uh, why Napoleon has the name that they do in this. <laughs> and and uh, if you're astute, uh, you, you might figure out uh, Napoleon's birth name from, from the, the season 3.5. So their little clues are dropped. Little hints are dropped. Hints between the, the relationship as to why Old Scratch keeps Napoleon around, even though they're a dangerous entity, uh, are dropped as well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of twisted in there. Lots of twists and turns, things like that. So uh, we did start to discover Napoleon's memories that they lost and were uncovered in season one, in part, by Sugar the Sasquatch and uh, kind of learning what these memories are, maybe why they were forgotten. Uh, we also bring in a character called uh, Marco A. Shatter, who is on the U-Mind, and uh, has also been in previous episodes of uh, Creeping Wave Radio. Yeah, and that, that character has been around longer than any of my characters, really. <laughs> that character came on anniversary with us, I, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> an anniversary, honeymoon. Our honeymoon, yeah, that yeah. character came on honeymoon with us. So. Much to the shock of the other people staying at the hotel. <laughs> Luckily it was Halloween. It was, it was, so it was, it kind of was okay. 
Um, that's been a character that I've been performing for a very long time and uh, probably the oldest character that I've done. Um, and just a very simple character, um, kind of based off of the Orion Gray kind of look, but more humanized. Um, but yeah, just a, kind of a, a weird little character. I, I remember being in the bar in, in that full get up with the cap and the white makeup and everything like that, and the black the contacts. parlor. The parlor. <laughs> and a, a very intoxicated woman came over and started having a conversation as they're wont to do. And, um, but um, yeah, one of those conversations where they keep looking over at their friends, like, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. And I'm just like, okay. The problem is we weren't drunk. No, yeah, no, not really. It would have made a lot more sense. It might have, mm -hmm. but it's just, uh, I, I, um, I, I tend to attract a lot of inebriated people to me. <laughs> It's a power I have. Usually drunk old guys. Yeah. Well, that's how we met. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, that, that actually was uh, on a boat. So <laughs> I'll tell that story at some other point. Mm -hmm. This is about Creeping Whip Radio. So um, kind of <coughs> digging into Napoleon's past, learning more about Napoleon, uh, we also kind of learn why the i i know that one of the character one of the questions that people ask me is like why do you use the he pronouns for napoleon and uh well napoleon's not a human first of all they they look like a human they're in a human body but they are a interdimensional soul in a human body so they don't have a <laughs> they kind of have this quasi gender sort of thing and uh he is just what napoleon kind of gravitates towards but um yeah so we we kind of touch on that just a bit uh in this episode uh well not episode in this season um and uh as i've said in other update episodes that i i would drew a lot of inspiration from uh bozak from um orlando uh by virginia wolf um oh, Ser serafina by bozak i should say bozak um, and by uh, a lot of um, works that played with the concept of gender, which, which now is almost like a trite thing to do. It's, it's almost just like, oh, that, that old chestnut. <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so we, we kind of introduced that a little bit. And uh, so some questions will be answered and other questions will be awakened that hopefully we will be able to cover in season four, which mm -hmm. is underway. I actually uh, have just been texting somebody today about the possibility of bringing them in as a character in um, season four. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the podcast is probably going to change a little bit because uh, Napoleon will be in the past. So we're going to have to figure out, does Scratch have some way of like sending this podcast forward? Do they store these podcast episodes and then Scratch is able to pick them up in the future and put them on air? How, how is this actually going to work out? Well, so, you know, burn yeah. them onto a CD. Burn them onto a CD. <laughs> Just save them. Then in 2021, go open that CD up and they're all going to be perfect. So, 
But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to figure out uh, exactly how these uh, episodes get there. Um, of course, we, we do have time travelers in the mix now. Uh, 3.5 did introduce the, the, the temporal mitigation agents, um, Walter and Bob. Um, we do introduce them into the plot line. And uh, they, so now time travel is on the table, which is going to make for some interesting things. And uh, we, we do, we're taking this to 1995. And so that's, that's going to open up some interesting possibilities, I think. Um, basically, this, the reason it is in, oh. Do I have to wear flannel? You do, no, no, no. Nobody likes flannel. So, <laughs> we don't want to look like lumberjacks around here. <laughs> that was the, this. That was a look back we, we then. We commune with the trees. We we don't chop. Them that down. was the, that was the look. <laughs> it was the look. It was, it was. the look. I do remember. Uh, I was a teenager in 1995, um, which is kind of uh, a decision that influenced my reasoning for setting this storyline. Is based on a story that I I wrote. Um, that I never tried to get publication for, but you liked it a lot. You had a lot of faith mm -hmm. in it. Yeah, so you said, why don't we take that story and bring that into Creeping Wave? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> um, but it was uh, more of a young adult story, and I, was, I, I have not been a young adult for some time, so it was set in the 90s because I, I know how to be a young adult in the 90s. I don't know how to be a young adult now. So, do you? No? <laughs> I never thought I had advanced past the age of 15 mentally. Yeah. Um, but, um, now Napoleon, of course, was, was not a young adult in the 90s. Um, so, because they were born way back in the day. But, um, and that was one thing that we did get to introduce into uh, season 3.5 that I thought was kind of fun was Napoleon's parents. Of course, Napoleon can't see their parents as they truly are. Uh, Napoleon has an issue where when a memory becomes too painful, they kind of mask that memory in something that they can deal with, that they can cope with. So they can't actually cope with seeing the faces of their parents. So instead they come to them as, uh, their mother comes to them as Bill Murray and their father comes to them as Tom Cruise. And uh, that, that was actually a gag that was specifically put in there to uh, <laughs> tease my mom. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> my mom does not like Bill Murray or Tom Cruise. Well, so. she does. She just doesn't like him in certain roles. I don't think she, I, like right. the people themselves, right. I don't think she has, she takes issue with. She just hates certain characters mm -hmm. with such a passion that I, I put that in there. And then, of course, uh, we were talking about the little snags that happened in season three uh, when my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer I um, I told her like uh, you know that scene with Bill Murray and Tom Cruise I'm gonna take that out because it feels like it's in bad taste and she's like no keep it in it's cute it's it's cute why would you mm -hmm. take it out and I was like I don't want to mock you <laughs> she's like what because I'm sick no it's fine it's cute we just leave it in and so she's actually the one who told me to leave it in um, <laughs> so I put it in there to tease her and then she wound up being the person who convinced me that it should stay, that it was worth keeping in there. Um, yeah, now nothing was actually going on with her illness that, uh, it, it, like inhibited me. 
other than just like mentally, I was not in a place where I could develop myself in the way that I wanted to, that I could not put on the quality of production that I wanted to put on. So, and I, I will work myself like to the grindstone. I just, <laughs> so, so it was, it was not, not a great time, but you came back stronger. She's doing good. And, uh, yeah, we got to visit her a little while back and, uh, got to do some zoom, zoom and Christmas, calls. like many, many other people this year. Zoom in for Christmas, yeah. So, yeah, and um, so that is another thing that's probably going to be introduced a lot more in the uh, Creeping Wave radio plotline um, is Napoleon having this parsed out memory, these memory lapses, um, and also not being able to see certain people as they actually are because it's too painful for them. Um, so when they have dreams, when they have memories, things like that, these people who they're actually seeing, they're not seeing as themselves, they're seeing as actors, which is actually creates one of the major conundrums in the plot line, uh, that being Meg Ryan, and who is Meg Ryan? And Meg Ryan constantly is entering their dreams, is this woman they're obsessed over. We, we understand that at one point Meg Ryan came to, was the, the Meg Ryan entity, was Jean Harlow in their dreams, and at one point they were Polaire, but we don't know who the entity as of yet is that is Meg Ryan. But uh, we know that that entity comes from Napoleon's past, from before they were human. So, and there's some hints dropped in there. If, if you're pretty sly, you'll probably know who Meg Ryan is. You probably have an idea of where the plot line might be developing towards. So... <laughs> Yeah, so this is, uh, that's kind of our recap. Um, we also wanted to, uh, we had some really great actors uh, who came in. Now the, the voice of Napoleon's uh, father as they actually appear was Marc Biagé, who does a lot of film and video games and things like that. Um, obviously he's not old enough to be my father, but he's he's the character's father as as they actually are when they're not appearing as uh, Tom Cruise, who was uh, voiced by Classic Black and Green, who also did uh, Carl Brian Farmer, I should say. Uh, he also did many of the voices for this. Uh, Carl Brian Farmer and Travis Rhett Wilson, uh, who is the voice of Bill Murray. Uh, they both of those actors just really stepped up to the plate and like took on a bunch of roles and. We've been pretty lucky that we've found people who are very versatile like that. I think um, Carl does the voice for Tom Cruise. Carl does the voice for uh, the stagehand at the circus. Carl does the voice for the ringmaster. Carl does the voice for um, the uh, crew of the airship. Um, Carl does the voice for Octavius. That's the major voice that he really came in as uh, Octavius, the um, octopus guard. And uh, then Travis Rhett Wilson does uh, just a, a ton, a ton of voices on the show. If you look in the credits, there's just like an explosion of Travis. And um, Travis Rhett Wilson is Dr. Dmitry Kosortov. He's Cal uh, Margula. He's, he's uh, the Monster Boys, Peter Lorre, Boris Karloff, Vincent Price. He's, he's a whole bunch of people. And so we got really lucky with having so many people who are just multi-talented in the fact that they could do so many voices 
Uh, also in the fact that they could do music. Um, we had some people who would contribute music and contribute voices. And uh, we, we got it done. We got some really great bands came on the show. We had uh, Digital, Lizard, Digital Lizards of Doom came back uh, with Gabe Valentin, who also is the voice of Gabe the Lizard Man on the show. Um, we had, uh, goodness, we had Johnny Tran was on the show. We had uh, Velvet Underground. Oh, no, not Velvet Underground. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Velvet Caravan yeah. was on the show, who we actually saw in uh savannah, savannah. We, we saw one member <coughs> performing uh with a harpist who we'd like to get on the show but we i was actually really trying to find a place where we could include uh, her music um i believe her name is uh jamie king but I can't uh, yeah oh that's terrible <laughs> it is terrible because her name is actually Kristen king she is a harpist uh she does classical and contemporary harp music you can hire her for weddings or any kind of event. Uh, we actually bought her CD, and uh, she's amazing. We saw her at the Marshall House in Savannah, Georgia. So uh, I'm going to try to put a link down here so that you can connect with her if you want to, because I am really sorry for messing up your name, Kristen. I don't. I mean, we, we, I just we, listen to the music. I know, I know. But um, so we, we really, we go around, we collect bands. We, we look at uh, all different bands that we, we like, and we kind of say, like, you know, get their information, say, well, would you be interested in being on our show? Um, and sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. And we're very low budget, so we, we can't actually pay industry rates. Um, but we, we did have a bunch of really great artists who, mm -hmm. who appeared. Um, and they volunteer their time. They volunteer their very time. very grateful for that. We had Classic Black and Green. We had Cal Bordell. We had, uh, they, they also were voices on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, they were the uh, three circus freaks who met with a fatal end. <laughs> uh, but but uh, Classic Black and Green, we, we already say him. Oh, Gally Fisher, who uh, was part of Digital Lizards of Doom and is now going on a solo kind of run, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we just, uh, we had so many really talented people. Oh, um, Dumb Blonde Rapper yep. came back. That was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, um, so very exciting having all these musical guests and all these talented actors and uh, comedians who joined us. We had Goat versus Fish. We had Alex Stein. We had, I mean, just, you, you can't go through and name everybody because we'd just be here forever just listing names. But uh, listen to the podcast, look at the credits, and there's so many really great people who were involved. And we were really lucky that this year we were able to do an Indiegogo campaign to uh, help give back to those people who've been uh, helping us out to create the show. Because there is no show without them. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah. Are we going to be having more of these talks like this? We're going to probably try to have more of these talks. Um, we're going to try and introduce it uh, online and put it out for other people so that other people can um, reach out to us if they have questions. Um, that is always really nerve-wracking for me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a social creature. Everything that's outside of my head feels like a violation to me. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more in the, um, like, Emily Dickinson, Henry Darger camp of um, <laughs> writers where I just like, I, I would like to live in solitude and just 
create my piece, but you can't really advertise that way. You don't really reach an audience. And so much of reaching the audience in this day and age is getting out there and interacting with people. So which that's what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and do that. And uh, so, so answering questions from people, talking to people, trying to have a stronger online presence. Um, and I have to apologize because when I'm working, when I'm editing, um, I really disappear into my work. And so I, I will just be working day and night, editing, sound processing, all this kind of stuff that, to make sure that everything comes out perfectly. And I just sort of disappear. And then I'll be like, oh, I haven't posted in like four days. I want people to actually listen to this episode. <laughs> so we're working I, on it. We're working on it. We're looking exactly. into getting... A, it's, it, it's a process. Mm -hmm. Looking into getting... Evolving process. Help the social media. Yep. Um, obviously, like I, I would still have to have some kind of a presence there because people want to talk to the creators, they want to talk to the team, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I sometimes lose track and I, I maybe need somebody to be like, hey, we need some posts, <laughs> we need some pictures, we need something up there. So we're uh, also thinking of introducing some contests for the UMind. Um, I, I haven't had a ton of luck with um, contests before, but maybe... So, um, I, I, um, we, we have our, our, uh, legendary announcer, Savage C. Walnar, mm -hmm. uh, but we've never shown Savage. Actually, we, we have shown Savage C. Walnar on my Instagram. Um, I've shown what Savage C. Walnar actually looks like, but, um, and, and you can scroll through the Instagram if you want to, but you probably won't find it. It's a really old post. Um, and the story behind Savage C. Walnar, where they came from. Um, but we're curious, before I, I reveal that, I guess, some people already know, but um, before I, I reveal that, we're curious to know what you think Savage C. Walnar looks like. Um, and uh, we might work that into one of the intros. Have where we, If you watch on YouTube, I guess if you see this video, you are watching on YouTube. But um, yeah, if <laughs> we want to kind of introduce Savage C. Walnar, see, see what other people think. He looks like maybe send in your drawings, send in your costumes, send in whatever. or just a description. Just a description. You can you can write a description and we will. But guys, we are a family friendly group, <laughs> though, so keep your descriptions family friendly, please. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we try to be family friendly. Um, <laughs> some of the subject matter just by well, the, the nature can, of it. Werewolves and vampires. And we're probably PG, PG-13. There you go. So <laughs> I don't want a lot of X-rated no. stuff. <laughs> Though I was, I was considered, considering, um, uh, Reese, I'm a big Duran Duran fan. Uh, I think I've said that before. I still like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and Duran Duran is not X-rated, um, but because I'm such a big Duran Duran fan, I recently uh, read a book uh, by William Burroughs um, called The Wild Boys. And um, so The Wild Boys is a fascinating book with all these elaborate, beautiful visual descriptions in it, but they are very... It is not family friendly. It is not family friendly. They're very X-rated. Um, but if you're familiar with William Burroughs, you, you kind of... Give it a read if you like. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I mean, just for the experience of the, the visual creations that he puts into your head, just for that experience, 
Um, it's, it's stunning work, you know, and if you are into William Burroughs, then you understand what I'm talking about. Just very beautiful flowery descriptions that are, go on and on and on. Um, so Duran Duran has a song called Wild Boys, and actually Wild Boys was written because uh, the director of the video, whose name escapes me right now, it's actually Russell Mulcahy, and now you know. Uh, the director of the video was planning on, they had bought the rights to Wild Boys, and they were planning on making it into a film, um, which would have been difficult at the time, uh, because there would be a lot that would be edited out. Um, is if we're talking about like a, a movie that's surreal and strange, I mean, this would put Dune to shame, the David Lynch Dune. It's, it's well beyond that in, in surrealism and stuff like that. And it would have been difficult to find a market for it. It's also extremely sexual. And that would have been difficult to find a market. That's what Dune should have. <laughs> so more, <laughs> I saw that Dune. More yeah, sex like, scenes. Huh? What? What is, what is that? <laughs> Spent a lot of time doing that, that movie. I love Dune. I mean, really? Like, the sci-fi um, version. Jam mm -hmm. version is really good. Mm -hmm. I, I love the David Lynch Dune, and I, I saw the Jodorowsky version. Mm -hmm. Well, I, that version doesn't exist, but I saw a documentary where they talk about the Jodorowsky version. Version, not virgin. Um, <laughs> and it sounds amazing. And I was so excited, like, when I, I was like, oh, this would have been so crazy and so fun to watch. And I just, I love weird, surrealist, experiential kind of films. Um, one of the films that I, I, I love, and you are always like, what have you put on, is Immortals? Actually, it's just Immortal from 2004. Uh, Immortals is a film from 2011. Different thing entirely. You know that? No, I like that one. You like the Immortals? Yeah. I like that too. Um, that is based... It's that Oingo Boingo one that you put oh, on. Oh, The Forbidden Zone. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. That one is a head scratcher. That that one. Yeah. Immortals is based off uh the um the Nikolai trilogy. Um and, and I could be saying it wrong. I did say it wrong. It's the Nikopol trilogy by Inke Belial. It's a fantastic comic that uh, actually they created a film out of. And I I'm much more into weird surrealist kind of film than I am into anything else. <laughs> and um I love Dune. Um, when people people's go-to sci-fi movie is always like Star Wars, which I love Star Wars, but I don't think I, I don't think I. God, this is such a terrible thing to admit. Um, I well, it is for the culture that I work with them. <laughs> I don't think I cared about Star Wars with any deep passion until the Clone Wars series came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and uh, it was animated. And mostly because Ahsoka, I just love Ahsoka. And uh, my ex at the time, I remember, he, he said, well, they just put that character in there so little girls can play Star Wars with their big brothers. And it's like, I mean, is no, that a bad thing? they can play Star Wars by themselves. Yeah, they you play and Star Wars. with other girls. Yeah, it's... Or whoever. I, I, don't, I don't know why that's such a terrible thing. Yeah. So I mess up the titles of the original movies and stuff. Would you like the, the new Ahsoka? So. Yeah, I, I love yeah I love mm -hmm. I love the character of Ahsoka. Um, I, I guess my favorite character, you know, is um, the Grand Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels. Is my, my she likes old British guys? I do like I, I do. It's <laughs> and and it's really weird that I hooked up with you because you're not British, but you're old, mm -hmm. so that's good. 
So curmudgeonly? <laughs> you're holding curmudgeonly and bearded. The Inquisitor doesn't have a beard. Mm. But, um, yeah, and so... <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... Um, but I just really like weird, surrealist kind of movies. And so, um, going back to the subject of what we're trying to do with contests after that huge, long tangent, which I'm <laughs> prone towards... Um, I, what I really wanted to do is for William Burroughs' birthday, which is in February, I really wanted to um, get some other writers involved and do an episode of Creeping Wave told in the style of William Burroughs. And William Burroughs had this technique where he would write like a page and then he'd tear it in half. And then he would sort of, kind of like if you hear about Brian Eno used to do this with songs, like do the kind of grab bag, mix it and match kind of thing to make sure that it maintained that weird otherworldly quality. Um, so William Burroughs apparently used to do that. And then we would have some writers contribute in the style of William Burroughs as an homage to William Burroughs. And then we would sort of take that and use that technique and kind of mix and match it and just have an episode of Creeping Wave where we would have all the actors coming in and just uh, doing voiceover for these characters that uh, we'd probably have to get on it as soon as this episode airs if we actually want to get it out to mm -hmm. there. So if you're a writer, hit me up, or if you're an actor, hit me up, and I'll just have to put the word out to all my writer friends that I was thinking about doing this, and now I've actually put it out into the public consciousness like now an idiot. Do something. Like an idiot. Mm -hmm. I actually said it. I hate oh, when I do that. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> uh, I have a real problem with I like everything to stay up here where I can enjoy it peacefully. And there, there is a lot of space here. This is very Elizabethan. If you can't see my forehead, if you're just listening, like it, it's quite a phenomenon. So there's like expansive space up here for things to be stored. Yeah, and but I've lived with you long enough. It is not quiet. It's not quiet. Or restful. Things peaceful. No. The creative process for mm -hmm. me is fitful. It is, um, in fact, I, I, I've talked about it with you before that there's this thing inside of me that once the idea sets in, it won't let me go to sleep. And I've, I have tried. I will lay in bed and my eyes will be wide open and burning and I'm just like, oh, must sleep. But no, must draw. And finally, I'll give in to it. I'll give in to this worm crawling around inside of me that must create. And it's, it's a fitful process. And you poor thing. Oh, well. I survive. <laughs> you do. I don't mm -hmm. know how. But you're so, pretty. William Burroughs. William Burroughs. So give us some ideas and mm -hmm. take a read of his, his material. See what you think. We'll be doing the same thing. Are we really doing this? You just said we are. Oh my gosh. We're really doing this. We're doing the William Burroughs episode of Creeping Wave Radio now. Uh, but again, going back to what I said before, family friendly, guys. <laughs> no, we can't. No, we can't. If it's William Burroughs, we can't be family friendly. No, yeah, you got to. I, I've got to show you Naked Lunch because yeah, well, that, that's a little more tame. We still have to be family friendly. Well, we can beep things out, but right. we. There's no way you can do that correctly and be family friendly. So, or if not, we'll find some kind of alternate thing. I don't know. Well, this first I heard of it, so 
for, no, I told you about this before. Oh, yeah. Remember when I was no. reading Wild Boys and, and I, I read you the, the thing about oh, yeah, Kiki? You me, yeah, you read and, me that, but you didn't say about that. So. <laughs> I thought I did. But, oh, well. <laughs> and, um, it's there now. It's, it is. It, it, now, now it is manifesting. So. Uh, so, right. <laughs> so, you know what, like, with the whole Duran Duran Wild Boys thing, do you think maybe we could get Simon Le Bon to come on the human? You don't know who Simon Le Bon is, do you? Yeah, no, I do. Okay. <laughs> well, he's obviously familiar with William Burroughs, so that should be a stopping point. I don't know if he's familiar with William <laughs> Burroughs. I, I think so. he's familiar with Wild Boys. I don't know if he actually read the material or... Oh. But the, the video is done with imagery from the the book mm -hmm. um but uh, obviously not to the extent that no. you know, yeah because that would be fantastic but it would be amazing honest no honestly like read it it's an amazing piece it is an acid trip and it like in printed form it's it's and and given william burrow's predilection towards um substances that it, it probably that's yes, it was the 60s uh, yeah. Now, William Burroughs actually wanted, William Burroughs wanted to make that into a movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, it was the 60s. But he, what, his vision was, because actually at the time, films like Deep Throat or Behind the Green what Door. Was um, Do you have any more thoughts about our... Talking about porn right now. Yeah, we don't want to do that. We don't want to talk about porn. No. What we want to do is finish up with what we're doing. Okay. And maybe provide some contact information. Okay, so all the links will be in the description box. So thank you for joining us for this little recap. And I hope it was fun for you. And I hope you, you submit some William Burroughs-esque storylines or at least sentences or at least ideas or something to us. Because like an idiot, I have made that public that it is my intention to do now. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Super special thanks to Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer, who we could not do the show without because he announces it, so he kind of starts everything. Also, special thanks to Ethan McSell, who composed our You Mind theme, Demilitarized Zone. Do you love it? I like it too. It's really cute. Anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash lucidnap if you would like to become a Patreon and donate. Or you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash lucidapp for small, one-time donations, which would be much appreciated, honestly. And you can also go to lostbreadcomic.com to buy art and stickers, eventually, and prints, and lots of good stuff coming your way pretty soon. Uh, yeah, we're working on that. Anyway, you can follow us, yes. If you follow us, you can keep up on all the latest things we're doing. And you know what? Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Whatever you do, we kind of depend on you because without you, we're just talking to ourselves. And I do that anyway, but I mean, it, it doesn't make for much of a podcast. Maybe it would, though. I don't know. Anyway, special thanks to The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and Neil, who are our Patreons. And we simply could not do without them. We simply could not. That's just how it is. We couldn't. Anyway. The You Mind is brought to you by LucidNet Productions in cooperation with a scary old man. I'm not that scary. Don't I don't so. try to be, but I just am. Okay, that's fair.
That's fair. You don't have to find an interdimensional saloon to have a pint of alien beer with me, Chrissy Garrison. Just tune into my Alien Beer podcast each Thursday, and I'll share my speculative fiction stories with you. And every other week, I'll be serving up a new installment in my science fiction serial, The Multiverse Blues. Meanwhile, catch up with me at sillyhatbooks.com slash podcast. See you there. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.